Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 527 from October 6th, 1997, a Monday night show. No guest tonight, just the love between the two hosts. Adam and Drew and Mark on the love between the two hosts and whether or not they've actually found it. Adam plugs some upcoming guests and mentions Salt and Peppa have canceled their phoner, so that's not happening. Adam goes on a rant about publicists and record executive people. He doesn't go too far off the deep end, unlike previous episodes where he rants for over five, six minutes, but it's still pretty good. They read some questions from the audience, which is pretty rare. A listener asks about uh, Adam and actually Ray's jacuzzi water gun technique, which leads Adam to recount the process. Drew falls into a giggling fit, and producer Ann actually has to get on mic to tell them to compose themselves. All in all, it's a really fun episode before the first break's even over. This is another official tape. The audio's a bit crackly. There were two variants of this audio, but uh, I went with this one as it had richer sound and you give more clarity despite the crackling there is a misdated fan copy of the show and a correctly dated fan copy of the show floating around but this is the official tape this is the episode that aired on october 6th 1997 for sure finally settling that mystery once and for all as per usual this is recorded in 1997 some of the medical information may be out of date please consult your own physician or contact dr drew and mike Catherine on current day love line 1-800-LOVE-191 listener discretion is advised you can follow us on twitter at podcast one on facebook podcast one there as well and podcast one.com the home of all your favorite podcasts and if you check out more of my work please see superfangiovanni.com mahalo and get it on the following program is a podcast one.com production <laughs> Two. Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. When you sleep with sick women, maybe pregnant, but I'm still a man. Number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Tonight, our guest is the love that we find between the two hosts. Oh, we found it, huh? Yeah, okay. I'm going out on a limb and uh, saying we're going to find it. Okay. Uh, jars of Clay, later this week, Duran Duran. Next week, Goldfinger, Salt and Pepper. Uh, I don't think they'll be calling in, and I'm not sure where they are. And they're too tired to call in. Oh, yeah. boy. These unimportant late-night shows. They're the big like fans it. of the show. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, and we have to start being brutal with uh, those that um, um, disrespect the show, the show we call Loveline. Oh, these damn publicists. I'm behind you all the way. Who am I blaming on this one? The publicists? I think I'll go after the publicists anyway. Or was it the record person? Ah, record people, publicist. It's all it's all the same vermin, really. It's uh, let me tell you something. We have uh, Drew. Stop signing those and pay done. attention for I'm a second. I'm all done. I'm listening to you. There, uh, there, there are really two people on this planet in terms of uh, making a living. There are those who actually go out and produce a product, and then there are those who get in between those who produce the products and screw everything up. Uh, here on Loveline, we get to cross paths with a lot of those who get in between. Agents, managers, publicists, or record reps. Uh, decent people, some of them, usually possessing no tangible skills whatsoever. And uh, usually um, a lot of smiles and handshakes and nonsense. 
that's why normally I don't like these people. That's for the same reason I don't like lawyers for the most part. Lawyers just sort of get in between people and screw everything up hmm. and then make some for themselves while screwing over somebody else. Hmm. It's the same mentality. I don't like lawyers. I don't like car salesmen. I don't like publicists and agents and managers. I don't like all the people that get in between. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any examples of people that get in between that would be super productive or important to you. Well, once in a while, there's somebody out there who does a decent job, but that doesn't excuse the rest of them. You uh, know what I'm saying? In general, mean. it's like uh, there's a few decent car salesmen out there. In general, despicable people. Actually, people that sell anything for a living, don't trust them. Mm. They just move from one thing to the next. Right. And they don't possess any skills themselves, other than to try to fool people into buying stuff. They get in between whoever manufactures the product and whoever wants the product and get, get a little slice for themselves. It's a, it's a despicable way to make a living. Uh, that, one day I'm going to make a list of uh, despicable ways to make a living. I know tow truck drivers right on there. I know meter maids on there. I've now added garbage man oh. to the list. And uh, dentistry. I got the bill from the dentist today. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Are they getting a cut? How much? Oh, it was like 1600 and uh, something bucks. I could have had the neighbor beat the crap out of me with a broom handle for How 10 much bucks. How that was the nitrous? Uh, I don't know. I was too effed up to really read the bill. No, uh, actually, I didn't check on the nitrous. I told him to give me a break on the nitrous. I said, hey, you know, they go, insurance doesn't cover nitrous. Why not? That's part of, that's part of dentistry. Yeah. What I do, bring in my own nitrous? Where is the nitrous? It's uh, down the hall. All right, we're in the dentist's office. Hey, how does insurance figure what they do cover and what they don't cover? Oh, I'm, I'm, oh Adam, uh, you, you want to be talking about despicable uh, organizations. These are sinister. Oh, the uh, insurance people? Oh. Yeah, I don't trust insurance they guys They cover either. what's essential and what you signed that they covered, what oh. you signed in your contract that they would agree to cover. Oh, but the, it has nothing to do with what you need. The, uh, the, the dental hygienist thing was like, 90 bucks a pop twice, you know, yeah. for an hour. Yeah. I'm thinking that, that hygienist probably sees 25 bucks out of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Why do you read this? This is how a fan sent you some email. Uh, no, I don't want to read this, Drew. I'm in a bad mood already. How about you read it? You read I'll, it? I'll read something else. Uh, Adam. Yeah. Uh, uh, Adam, you talked about your jacuzzi. I'm going to read this. Uh, your jacuzzi butt water gun. I didn't believe you. This weekend I tried it and it works. It's hard to hold it in, but when it squirts out, it is awesome and it makes one hell of a mess. Thanks for the great idea. So proud, Adam. I really just, <laughs> really. just, uh, I, I don't know. That's uh, really not something I'm proud of, Drew. I, I, uh, I, I do as I say, not as I do. Please. 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 I, I know there's yeah. a lot of young, impressionable minds out yes. there. Yes, if Adam says something, it does not mean go out and do it. In fact, it should be a contrary. It should be a, a motivate you against doing things. And you know, the funny thing is I was on the phone when you pulled that off the email with the pioneer of the uh, extrusion method. Ray? Uh, no, Chris, actually. Oh. But um, huh. this this is uh, not something I pioneered. It's uh, merely something I dabbled in. I wouldn't... Uh, recreational enemas... Uh, it wasn't something I, well, you know, I, I did really, full-time. We haven't, we haven't you know. discussed this in quite some time. Why don't you describe to our audience what, what it is you engaged in in your youth? Well, I'm kind of scared to do that for fear others will follow well, in my you, steps. Right, do, not, do not even consider doing what, what he's about to describe. It's really... 
gasp. We all, we all, you know, we were all amazed at, at this story. Right. That anybody would then go out and, par- and mimic you. Is there any danger in this, Drew? Yeah. Oh, there is? Sure. Like what? You could rupture, tear. You could oh, you could rupture, traction. tear getting in your car. Come on. Go ahead. Tell the story. Okay. Uh, some friend of mine... Uh, well, we'll, we'll call him Bonus, because uh, kind of his nickname. Somehow figured out uh, one night in a jacuzzi after uh, a couple 12-packs that uh, if he put his... Set the stage. Were you at, like, in your, so your, somebody's parents' jacuzzi? No. We were up... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if I was there when it was pioneered, but um, up at a jacuzzi at some uh, fairly well-known country club after hours. You broke after in. It closed down. I wouldn't call it breaking in. We climbed a wall and uh, hiked up a hill, and uh, there it was. It's a uh, sort of a resort-type uh, club up in the hills, a very prestigious place, and we used to go in there weekends, uh, evenings, during the summer, after a night of partying, we'd drag a bunch of people there and, you know, jump in the pool, get in the jacuzzi, have a frolicking time. Things that young people do, Drew, you weren't so busy with your butterfly collection in high school, you may have gotten out and participated in this activity as well. Not what follows. Well, okay, you sit in a jacuzzi long enough and you look for places to put the jet. And I guess this guy figured that if he sort of, uh, put his feet up on the coping of the wall there and put his ass against the jet that he could sort of fill himself up a little bit and then um, get out of the jacuzzi and um, uh, exhale, as it were, through his ass. It, much like the, the, um, the enemas that you deliver on a daily basis at your job. He right wouldn't through? actually expel in the pool or anything, would he? <laughs> well, well, anyway... Uh, you know, it's all a blur now, but uh, this was many years ago. But the point is, is once he figured out, or we figured out, that this was possible, it just seemed like uh, the right thing to do at the time, you know. Oh, did you impress your girlfriend? It was, it was a handful of guys, yeah. Would you, would you bring women over? Uh, like, and just, and I, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. I didn't have a girlfriend. Oh, well, humanity. But so, some of these guys did, I'm sure. Yeah, some of them did. If, if for no other reason than to humiliate you. Yeah. Yeah, they they called it the Big E, and uh, they did it for a while, and you know it's just one of those. It was a phase. You know, many many people go through their phases, Drew. That's all. Uh, I was not the leader of coffee, please. of the E Pack. I uh, you know just dabbled in it a little bit, but mostly from uh, yeah. from a self defense standpoint. It got uh, got a little rough out there sometimes, you know. They'd come so. after you. They'd become. <laughs> wouldn't be really after. It'd be sort of behind it, you, uh, it, behind it, them, towards you. Uh, Drew, I could tell you, even uh, boy. Uh, one of these days, I'll really tell you some stories. But uh, there was there were some incidents uh, involving that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, everyone does that crap, Drew. Drew, I can't believe you never went out and had any fun with your friends. <laughs> oh, Drew, you don't even want to know. You don't even want to know what went on over there. Uh, well, boys will be boys. Should we get to the phones, Drew? <laughs> You've never seen anything like it. I can guarantee you that, Drew. I'm sorry, but my imagination just... Um, I, I know your friends. I know the stories about them. And I know how aggressive they became with their uh, techniques. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was... Uh, Did it was... they have to hold pe- They hold one other down and do this... this... <laughs> Um, no, they never uh, held anybody down, but uh, when one got out of the jacuzzi, um, uh, 
uh, and another might, may have been in the jacuzzi, you would see that there would be quite a, uh, quite a height difference there. And uh, the jacuzzi being at ground level and sunken in, um, okay. you can sort of use your yeah. imagination when one was standing around. <laughs> All right, Drew, let's not bring this up anymore. Emma. Hi. <laughs> Emma. Hi. What's going on? Drew's got the giggles. Get it together. All right. Come on, Drew. Pull it together. Uh, what happened? What, did you have unprotected sex? Yeah. Condom broke, or what happened? No. I was kind of forced into a situation. What forced happened? Oh. <laughs> no. Can't. Hold on, Emma. Yeah. Hold on. This is, a, this is a heavy call, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold on one second. Uh, Drew, you know what we need? We need a composure call here. We need a light-hearted call, something where uh, you can regain your composure um, that's not as heavy. Emma may have had a little date rape here or something, and we couldn't have you uh, bursting out in uncontrollable laughter while she's uh, regaling us with stories of date rape. Brandon. Brandon, you're 15. Yeah. What's going on there? Hey, nothing much. Um, just got a question here. Um, I've had a chronic bedwetting problem for my whole entire life, and I'm, I'm just wondering what to do. I've, been, I've done everything. I've been to doctors. Um, have you tried the medications before? I've, I've tried the medications, too. What, what have you tried? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, the nasal spray. Right, the DDAVP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and what happened with that? Um, it would stop for two or three days, and then it would just go back. In spite of using the medicine? Yeah, but then they did, um, I don't know, some kind of extras or something like that, and they found out I had an underdeveloped bladder. And my mother doesn't want me, I, they they say that it's going to, I'll outgrow this, they've been saying this for years and years, at least five years. So they, they, there, is, there seems to be an anatomic or biological basis to it. Yeah, but, um, and I want to go ahead and get the uh, surgery for it to enlarge my bladder, but um, that my mom doesn't want to go through and do that. Is there any way I can... How do you get surgery to enlarge your bladder? I have no idea. How do you do that, Drew? But they have suggested that to you? Uh, yeah, they've suggested that. Um, they've uh, kind of suggested that as kind of a last resort. Right. The doctor doesn't want to do the surgery unless it's necessary. That, that, that's, that's got to be a pretty peculiar surgery. I mean, it's not sort of a routine thing that they can be done easily. Yeah, but I'd really like to go and get this done because I'm sick and tired of... And you've been to urologists, you've been to psychiatrists, you've been to all the various disciplines that deal with this problem. Yeah. Ooh. I used to wet my bed. Yeah, I know. You used to, like, set an alarm clock or something. Boy, like, I'm going to get a, a date after tonight, huh? Yeah. I'm just a mess. Hey, Drew, I need some of this, uh, some of this cream. Calmoceptine. Um, yeah, well, <clears throat> I didn't have a, I don't believe I had it as severe as you do, but, you know, what about that? I mean, if you wet your bed at night and you go to bed at midnight, how about setting an alarm for two hours? I've, I've tried that, too. I've had tried people wake me up. And what happens? Um, I go to the bathroom. And? And I go right back to bed, and I wake up wet in the morning again. Well, what if you try to... Hey, let me give you this suggestion, Brandon. Mm -hmm. 
as I do this, I use one of these things. I use it. I have my nap timer. You know, my beloved naps. Right. Yeah. I go to the uh, you know thrifty or the save on or whatever the you know uh, five and dime is, and buy yourself one of these little digital egg timers. Egg timers. Yeah. This is a little timer you'd use in the kitchen. And you can punch in. You don't have to set your alarm, in other words, for, you know, 2.15 in the morning or anything like that. Just after you go to bed, set it for two hours. Just punch it twice. Bink, bink. There's two hours. Go to bed. It'll go off in two hours. Get up. Go to the bathroom. Then when you lie down again, set it for four hours or something. And see if you can work a little rhythm out with that. I know it's a pain in the ass. It's better than wetting the bed. And it may be right. better in surgery. Yeah, and then maybe surgery. you can train yourself. Have you tried that sort of thing? I've tried things like that. Yeah. Totally. Um, I've tried the alarms. What are the medication? Yeah, the bedwetting alarms that wake you up when you start to do it. Yeah. What, How does what? that work? Um, I've heard of those. They suck. That didn't work at all. Didn't work with the crap. What, what do you do? Just uh, is it come uh, sewed into a sheet or something? Um, you put a, like a pillowcase over it, and then it's like two metal screens in between. And as soon as you like you know, take the big squirt, and just the alarm goes off. And what happened? Uh, wake you up and go wake yourself up and like splash your face with cold water. And yeah, but would it would it get you before you know too much damage was done? Um, no, no. The damage is already done. Mm, all right. Now, uh, what medication? What about during the day? How how often do you go to the bathroom during the day? Um, I guess no, average. Average. Like, uh, three times, four times a day. So you can go uh, four, five, six hours during the day? Yeah. All right. Well, then we know your bladder's capable of it then, right? Right. Yeah, and also, I'm, I'm kind of also a slightly deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, could that also be tied sure. this, too? Sure. I mean, have you ever been evaluated for a sleep disorder? Um, no, I haven't. That's another way to look at it, is uh, go to a sleep center and see what the, if there's any specific problems. And usually, I mean, these days, medications have been tremendously effective in sorting this out, or at least in helping it substantially. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I, I, I get the sense that you kind of give up on things rather quickly, uh, get frustrated, and uh, I'll tell impulsively you, move along. I don't you, know. You know, everyone's wrong. looking for uh, surgery and uh, whiz alarms, and uh, God knows I should have had one of those in high school. Just, you know, not even for sleep, for your just, friends. just general use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just to strap on and go to school with. But. I'm telling you, I mean, just do the, do the math here. If, if you don't wet during the day, if you pee every six hours during the day, and you went to bed at night, and you had an alarm go off at two or three hours, and you got up and emptied yourself out and went back to bed, yeah. and you did that again in three hours, I know it's a pain in the ass, but I mean, just do the math. Don't you think that would work? Would unless there's you something would... about, unless you're dreaming that you're standing on a suspension bridge. Uh, with a pony keg or something. You would think there'd be some behavioral and or medication that could be used to deal with this. Right. I, I would tell them to keep going back and to try the sleep evaluation and, and keep looking for people who are expert in this and see if you can come up with an answer. There All should right. be a solution to that. Wait a minute. Something happened to our first caller. Is that her, Michelle? No. Hello? Were we talking to you before? No. Oh, no. No. See what happens through when you screw around? All right, hold on, Michelle. Okay. We had a call. She had sex. It may have been like four sex. She was 17, and she wanted to know about the morning after pill. You can get she it. She hung up. She wanted so to know what you need. Had to have a parent's consent. I would say not. I don't know that any state has that requirement uh, for, for a 17-year-old. Uh, she can get it from any doctor, any emergency room, any family planning center, and she needs to go now. You have about 36 to 48 hours to use that. 
It's a, just a regular old contraceptive pill that you take a certain way. Take two or four pills a day, depending. Well, on let her just call family planning or and something and get figure it, it out. Get the pill, and then also report whatever it was that had happened to you. We never get to hear what it right. happened. Right. All right, Michelle. What's going on? Okay. Um, I was just wondering, um, how many days after your period do you ovulate? About fifteen to eighteen. Fifteen to eighteen. So. Yeah. Why? Uh, just because. Um, I just want, really wanted to know that. I've been wondering. Why? <laughs> Boy, you bad. Boy, Michelle, you're a pathetic liar. I know. Okay, sorry. Boy, that is horrible. Let, let's do a quick love line reenactment. Uh, go ahead, Drew. All right, I'll start with the question. Uh, I, I want to know uh, how long after your period you ovulate. Why? Huh? Why? Of the, uh, just, you know. Just because. Just have basic ovulation uh, uh, the knowledge. Why? Michelle? Yeah. Why? Um, just because I um, have had my, a sexual encounter, and about two weeks ago I had my, and my period. So I was wondering if this is the time that I could possibly get pregnant. You I could get pregnant at any time during, any time, any day, no matter when you've had your period. Do you understand that? If you hiccuped too close to my hamper, you could get pregnant. <laughs> Do you understand do, how easy you, it is? Do you understand that, Michelle? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, now that, I do. That there, are, that there are times which are higher risk, and if you could know precisely when you ovulated, which is very difficult to do, and it's something I don't think is appropriate for mass uh, sort of evaluation. Now they're getting into that now. I know. Hearing the, this, this whole thing. I've been hearing the spots on the radio where they're looking know, for people to do the test. Well, I what's know. wrong with that? What do you mean, Drew? If it, this is something I've been talking about yeah, for a while. Look, a woman it, pees into a cup. If it turns blue, she can't have sex. And if it turns pink, if, uh, if they perfect or actually that, it should turn yes. green. If they perfect that, yes. But people should not be... I, I really don't think that the average person should be thinking that way just yet. Well, uh, hold on a second, Drew. People aren't... Uh, do we or do we not have a problem with unwanted pregnancies we in do. this world? We do. Oh, for Christ's sake. I, I was just looking at something in the USA Today about... I, I think it was India and their population and take over uh they're, they're going to take over china in terms of you know um country's population oh there's a boy you show me a country the population uh, out of control and i'll show you a bad country mm -hmm. uh, it's india like they need any more people mm -hmm. over there the point is this nobody's using or not enough people are using the condoms not enough people are using the pill and the uh norplant and whatnot what if we found something that made it easier? What, how could that be harm? It's fine if, if people would use it properly, but I just don't trust what's available to be used properly. Look, you can't even well, slip on a condom, can't take a pill every day, can't you know do very, very simple things. I wouldn't think uh, you know getting a chemistry set set up and peeing into a cup would be something people would likely do before having sex either. Well, it's not like you got to go down to the basement and you know, fire up uh, the proton <laughs> projector or anything. It, it'll, they'll figure out a kit. They'll make it easy. It's just one more thing, one more option. It's fine. Once, right. once it's available, I have no problem. I think it will be effective. But okay. Wasn't I just talking about this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but boy. I just, I, I've intentionally not I am been, so far ahead of my time, Jerome. But I, I've been intentionally not encouraging that kind of thing for people because it's people are prone to use that. That look at Michelle. When now yeah, when can I when yeah. oh, no like that you, screwball letter we got with yeah. the rhythm method yes, there. Yes, oh, please. Yes. It's okay. not appropriate for people to All right. Sell yes. the hell out of the next call, please. Uh why does a man's sex drive go away with methadone? Sex drive go away with the methadone? Yeah. Everything right. else goes away too, but we'll talk about it. All right.
Hello, is this Loveline? I have a problem with my stool. Hello, Loveline. I have a problem with his stool, too. The phone number for Loveline is 1-800-LOVE-191. Uh-oh, I gotta go. Loveline, I'll be right back. Blinds Galore will help you every step of the way from start to finish, measuring, picking the perfect blind or shade, and even installing it. They make it easy. You do it all from home. That's right. Don't have to leave the house. Don't go to any big box store and force yourself to deal with some salesman. Nobody has the customer service or selection of Blinds Galore. Plus, at BlindsGalore.com, you'll always get 100% custom. Everything is made just for you and your windows. They even have an expert customer care team standing by that can help you with everything from measuring to design advice, whatever you need. They start to finish. They'll take care of you. And so whether you need more privacy, more dark to sleep, more dark to cool down, or just fix up a room, BlindsGalore.com has, guess what, Blinds Galore. With free samples, free shipping, free customer service expertise, and prices that beat the big box stores, it doesn't get any easier than this. Go to BlindsGalore.com today and let them know that Dr. Drew and Adam sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. that the olive van yeah all right i'm in olive phone number for love line 1-800-LOVE-191 fax number 310-854-4455 adam parola dr drew who do we leave off with carla yeah all right um carla you're 20 what's going on How much methadone is he on? Um, he's on 52 milligrams. Is he doing anything else? Uh-uh. And he's been clean for about, yeah. About well, methadone is not clean, believe me. Uh, methadone is just addicted to something else. just happens to be a long-acting oral form of the same stuff. I, I hate methadone. It's just a you don't like methadone? Oh, yeah, it, it, it's a house of cards. I mean, eventually people start getting stuff like this. They get a lot of physical symptoms. And, and then you got to get off the methadone, Which right? is impossible. It's Couldn't we wean them off the methadone with the heroin? Some people do that, and then they're back on heroin. I like when Drew gets real serious. Well, you know, methadone narcotizes you. It, it, it blocks your perception of all kinds of things. Pleasurable symptoms, any, any kind of um, sensory experience is blocked and to some extent by methadone. What if I took a shot of methadone right now? You'd go to sleep probably. I would? Yeah. Oh, I gotta get some of that. No. Can I get that? No. But you drink it, right? It is sometimes. It's a pill form too. It's like a little um, powder. Mm, I see people take it in uh, like a little NyQuil, you know. Where do you see that? Type cup. Yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm like Beretta, the, man. The I'm out on the streets. I bet. I watch TV. Yeah. I learned anyway, everything from TV. I, you know, now. methadone is a is a very very potent opiate, stronger than heroin in many respects, and uh, certainly more addictive. And uh, it has physical effects. Do, do they the gradually heroin. lower his dosage with not the methadone? Pe- not people. On, there's a 21 day program you can go through where they'll gradually lower it to try to get people off opiates. Uh, almost without exception, people sort of chip on the, whatever their drug of choice is as the drug is lowered down. I've never seen a sustained success. Well, what about after a year? That's that's maintenance. They put go on methadone for people who can't stay off other drugs. They just basically saturate their system with this opiate, 
so they don't go out in the street and, and uh, shoot needles and do dangerous things. So it contains some of the behaviors, but it doesn't do anything for the addictive disease. So does he go on it for life now? Mm, theoretically. But, I, you know, most methadone addicts eventually have stuff happen to them, and they have to come off it, and it's a big mess. Well, what about if he transitioned from methadone to whatever the treatment he would have or should have gotten into as if he was still on heroin now? It's almost impossible. He heroin Why? Because heroin withdrawal is very intense and, and miserable, and it takes about mm, five days, maybe seven to ten at the most. Methadone withdrawal is equally as intense, and it lasts 30 to 60 days. Uh. And it's just impossible. There Now, there are ultra-rapid detoxes available where you can go in and they put you under anesthesia, and they can detox you in four hours or so. Four hours? But you have to pay the full price of anesthesia, and usually people on methadone do not have that kind of money around. How do they do that? They basically suck all the blood out of you. And no, put it through they a basically put a put a blocking agent in after after controlling taking control of your whole system and paralyzing you and, and putting you on a breathing machine. Then they saturate your central nervous system with a, an opiate blocking agent, which induces a very profound sudden withdrawal. But you don't have all the withdrawal manifestations because you're under anesthesia. And uh, basically, the the detox, the withdrawal syndrome, can be suppressed in a few hours that way. Now people wake up jonesing like hell. They're they're craving like crazy, mm -hmm. but they are not having withdrawal. Mm. So you can essentially detox from heroin in four hours now. Yeah, with anesthesia. How much is that? I think like five, six thousand dollars. That's nothing. <laughs> I may do that. Yeah. 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 yeah why not? Then you know, not that I'm into the heroin, but you know, in case I ever get into it, I'll have this what, under you my belt. You want to see what it's like? Yeah. Yeah. Stay with the uh, E yeah, bodies. Okay. Dane. Yeah. You're 20. What's going on? Um, I'm, I've been seeing this girl now for. Drew, you don't put that on vibrate, huh? Pardon? You're so committed to the show. Drew's pissed. Who, who paid you, Drew? <laughs> hospital? It's, it's an emergency room, but I, I sent somebody to a different emergency room. So oh, it's boy. the wrong hospital. All right. Sorry, Dane. What's going on? Okay. I've seen this girl for like uh, about a month now, and uh, she's got a kid. It's not mine. And uh, I'm, you know, she's just like really scared to get intimate. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I, she's, uh, when I first was going out with her, or first, like, met her, um, she just, like, never stopped talking about her ex-boyfriend, oh. who gave her the kid. And now it's just, uh, if she stopped it as much, but it's just like she's afraid to get even close to me. Mm-hmm. How, how old is she? She's 20. Mm-hmm. How's her past? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What happened with that relationship with the boyfriend? Uh. Well, he took off after she he found out she was pregnant. Before yeah. that, they had a stable relationship? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of missed him? Yeah. So she sort of rebounded with you a little bit? No, it's it been got over a year. Oh, okay. But you haven't had sex with her? No. And does she look at you as a friend? No. What does she tell you the reason that she's afraid? Uh, she, she says she's not ready, but she says, then she says... Uh, that she thinks she is, but then a couple days later, it's back that she's not. How long have you been seeing her? About a month. Hmm. Probably good instincts. You know, she just had a kid. Here's the situation, Dave. Uh, six months old. Oh, well. Geez, ready for college. What's he doing? Still living at home? Yeah. Really? Six months. Son of a bitch. Peter Pan syndrome. Oh, boy. That's it. Give him the house. Six months, still living at home. Yeah. Okay, I, I won't Dependency. go for that crap. I'm a kid out about three, three and a half months. Sure. Yeah, because um, you leave him in five, six months, he becomes like the older brother from Happy Days. You know, he just sort of hangs out, doesn't do much. Deadbeat. 
It's not working? No. Oh, bastard. Now, here's, <clears throat> here's the situation, Dave. She's with this guy, right? Mm -hmm. She's in love with this guy. Yeah. Women are very sensitive, and they're not you know, penis-oriented like you and I. Yeah. And she gets pregnant, and the hormones run amok. And she gives birth to this child, and the guy splits. Mm -hmm. And it breaks her heart. I mean, could you imagine anything more traumatizing for a 19-year-old? Mm. You have a baby, and the father of the baby takes off, who you're still uh, very much in love with. Okay, now you meet a new guy. Now, here's what you equate guys with. Uh, pregnancy and abandonment. Right. Now, the act of sex is the possibility. She equates sex with pregnancy, pregnancy with abandonment. Right. So she likes you, but that's the problem. She's scared if she uh, opens up, gets intim intimate, has sex with you. you. You understand what it symbolizes here, Dane? Yeah. Plus, it's, uh, it's her instincts that got her into that first situation initially. Right. And so same instincts that are operating now, and so she doesn't trust herself, yeah, which is probably being, good. She's being tentative. Yeah. Uh, God bless her. I hope she holds out for another I mean, Dane may another be month. another abandoner that he, she has selected. All right. Dane, don't pressure her. She's been through a lot. Just uh, be there with her. Uh, let the relationship grow and flourish. And, um, y you know, prove, prove your trust, or uh, win her trust, I should say, and it'll work out. But don't put the pressure on her. Kathleen. Yeah. You're 18. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, I was wondering how long I should wait for um, an older guy to call me after, like, a first date. Because I didn't really do a lot of dating in high school, so I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. How old is the guy? He's 23. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It just, he hasn't called me. We went out Tuesday, and he hasn't called me since. <sighs> and I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was scared that maybe I kind of pushed him way too much on the first date. What mm way? -hmm. Well, I, at the very end, I gave him a hug. And I don't know, I felt like maybe he wanted something more, like, you know, kissing. I'm not very emotional. I don't, like, really touch people or anything. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that is, uh, most people I would think would, uh, would take that as a message that you're not that into them. And what? They, if a guy got that kind of a reception from a woman, he might think, oh, she's just not into me, it's going to something else. So, okay. You know what I mean? He might, he might have misinterpreted her uh, discomfort. Yeah, but... But if he was really into her and she wasn't rude or standoffish during the date itself, most guys will put in the second call. How did you guys end up going out in the first place? Um, he asked me uh -huh. um, after class. He walked me to my car, and so he asked me that. Where was he walking to your car? You to your car from? Um, from class. Oh, okay. You go to uh, junior college. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, I don't trust this guy already. What's he driving? El Camino with the uh, gas, grass, or ass? Nobody rides for free bumper sticker no, on there. He's he's a really nice guy. It's totally different from like the past guys that I've been attracted to. He's really nice in there. Uh -huh. uh, so he walked. What class? Um, from statistics. Hmm. All right. This guy's moving on to four year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty three though. <laughs> Okay, so he wa he walked you from statistics to the car, and he asked you out on a date. Yeah. So he'd probably been sizing you up in class for a while. Yeah. Right? Looking over at you, putting his little feelers out. <laughs> right? A little yeah. conversation here, little little nonsense talk there about, uh, um, I don't know anything about statistics. Drew, give Pascal's me Pascal's triangle. Pascal's triangle, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Boy, that sounds sexual. <laughs> I think I may have rented that. All right. So, 
he walks you out to the car. He's got interest in you. He asks you out. You go on a date. You're a little uncomfortable. You've not done this before. You give him a hug at the end. Yeah. Have you seen him in class since then? Well, only once, but he had to leave early because of work. It's a tough call. I don't really think she should call him. You I think, think if so? he's interested, I'll tell you what you do. Okay. Don't call him. All right. But when you see him in class the next time, okay. Uh, let him know through posture and conversation that it's okay to talk to you and that uh, you guys may go out again. Okay. I mean, that you're open to that. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, I don't know that he's interested, Drew. I uh, mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Although he may, maybe he just uh, got put off by her. We don't know what she, how she came across. Well, like when I used to ask a girl out, we went on a date, and at the end of the date, she dropped an anvil on my foot and then backhanded me. I would still call at least six or seven times. Right. That was, right. That was a, your average date, I suppose. <laughs> it was right. The, it was like a Roadrunner cartoon. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Drew. Why don't you sell the next call? Uh, Michael, fifteen, alleges that his condom broke during sex. Yeah, I don't know. Well, get get another one. Come on, do do a better um, one. Do you want to talk to Lisa? She wants to know if she'll ever get over being molested. Mm, no. no. How about uh, Janiel? Okay. She's sixteen, is possibly pregnant, and wants to pierce a nipple. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. All right, that's good. Hello, is this Loveline? I have a problem with my stool. Hello, Loveline. I have a problem with his stool, too. The phone number for Loveline is 1 800 Love 191. Uh oh, I gotta go. I don't read on the wrong screen. Looks like she's alive. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out TrueCar and TrueCar's mobile app. TrueCar not only can configure the car you want how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay, download the TrueCar app today. a favorite of mine that kind of yeah all right phone number for love line 1-800-LOVE-191 fax number 310-854-4455 i'm adam Carolla. it is dr drew board certified one here's a uh, fax dear adam i'm working late again uh but you and dr drew are keeping me company i was wondering if you could tell the story about the time that you installed a closet in the wrong house oh yeah it would really cheer me up thanks you're the best um what name is that? Maui? Marie? Maui? Maui? Yeah. Maui? All right, anyway. I know we had so many Samoan listeners. I'll make it fast because I told this story before, but it's kind of funny. Um, 
I was working at a place called Always Better Closets. Always Better? ABC Closets. Mm. I also work for A&B Carpets. I figured out that uh, the reason these companies do this is so they can be at the top of the list in the phone book. Right. If you're something that uh, starts with an R, you're way down there. Right. they they gotta, they got to get to you. So anyway, it was a fairly miserable time in my life. My girlfriend had dumped me. I was probably 22 years old, and I worked at this shop with six born-again Christians and me. Uh, and boy, were these guys born-again Christians. One guy spoke in tongues, although his English wasn't real strong. His tongues, uh, I understood everything he said when he was in tongues, but his English was uh, pretty weak. They carried Bibles with them, and when we got in the van to take off to go uh, install these closets, uh, they would ask for traveling mercy and uh, all sorts of other nonsense like that. It was uh, really tough. Just picture me working with six guys, born-again Christians, all day long and having to you know, load up a van with a bunch of uh, Cortron and MDF and other uh, cut-up particle board and go deliver it and install it all day across town. The only thing you have is the guys you work with when you do that kind of junk. So anyway, nice guys, however, just not much to talk about because of, you know, I loathe religion. And, uh, How about this they Promise Keepers religion. thing? You haven't talked about that. Oh, we'll get into Promise Keepers. What is that? Okay, we'll get into that later on. So, I'm delivering a closet and installing a closet, and I get in the van, and I'm doing this job alone. And the address is uh, whatever, 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 um, Otsego Street. And uh, Otsego Street is one street over from uh, Hartsook Street, which is the street I'd lived at for about 10 years before I moved out into an apartment on uh, Otsego Street. And I looked at the address, and I said to my boss, Oh, that's my street. I know where that is. That's my street. Wow. Oh, what a coincidence. Uh, it's just down the street from where I lived, as a matter of fact. I'll go deliver that. And I went to the house, and the problem was is I went to, when I was thinking my street, I was thinking the street that I grew up on. Right. And in, in fact, it was the street that I was currently living on, which was just one street over. Uh -oh. And I didn't bother looking at the street name, just the address, because I was thinking my street. Right. So I pulled up at the address, which was the correct address, just a street over, and I banged on the door, and I had the tool bags on and the tape measure and the uh, tackle box and uh, materials and whatnot, and a Mexican maid answered the door, and I barged in. Uh, out of the way, I got to install a closet. And she looked a little confused, but she didn't speak any English. And I said, uh, closet man, uh, master bedroom, I'll find it. And I walked right past her, and I went into the master bedroom, and I was looking at the plan, and I, oh, boy, I was pissed off because I, they usually tell them, hey, take the clothes out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to install a closet, and you open it up, it's packed, uh, packed full of clothes. But sometimes people forget, and it always pisses us off. So what are you going to do? So I start ripping out all the clothes and piling them up on the bed and the shoes and whatever else is in there, and I start tearing out the old uh, shelf and pole old pine boards and cleats and all that kind of stuff, and hack all that stuff out. And I start drilling in and putting in the new closet, and I install the new closet. Now, thankfully, it wasn't a huge job like we've had. It was a medium-sized job. And then I go into the bathroom and install some uh, uh, bathrobe hooks and, you know, this and that <laughs> in the bathroom, too, which is, uh, just made it that much funnier. And for some reason, and I've never had this happen on a job before, the boss said, don't just leave the invoice. You've got to collect the money on this one. Normally, just slap the invoice down, jump in the van, and drive back to the shop. But this time, collect the money. They should have a check for you. So when I was done, I went to the Mexican maid, and I said, uh, Dinero, 
and which I learned from um, you know the strip joints in Tijuana. And she said, uh, no, no. And I said, uh, money, money, money. No, no, I know what you're saying. I said, uh, I showed her the invoice. Hey, look, come on, I need the money. There should be a check around here somewhere. I started looking around. No, no, oh, boy, where is it? Started looking around. She went and grabbed a piece of mail from uh, from one of the stands there and said, uh, held, held it up next to the invoice. And I said, yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, one, one, five, 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 five. <laughs> and then it just hit me. Man, did it hit me. I was so right, just a heartbeat before this. I was so right. I went from so right to so wrong, uh, and just a just a uh, just a heartbeat. The, uh, not even a human heartbeat. Right. A rabbit's heartbeat. Right. I went to I went, went from as right as you could possibly be to as wrong as you could possibly be, and uh. just a hummingbird's heartbeat. And then I panicked, and then she panicked, and she had a little infant with her. Oh my! And God. she got frightened, and she actually ran. Uh, to the phone and, and got on the horn. I don't know who she was calling the cops or she was calling, um, you know, the people that lived at the house at work or wh- wherever she was calling. And a better man than I would have um, stuck it out and done what's right, but not me. I put that cordless Makita drill on reverse. I backed out every screw and I ran. Oh. I just I took all the crap and threw it back in the van and uh, I didn't even spackle. I just uh, jumped back in the van and took off. Didn't put the clothes back. Didn't rehang the. Put them back thing. on what? <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Nothing. No, no. Did they? And they had no idea who you were. No. Or, oh, you're such a bad person. <laughs> I didn't destroy the house or anything. As a matter of fact, they may have even got the bathroom hooks out of it. But I could only imagine her trying to tell the story to the owners who came home to work that you know came home from work at six o'clock that evening. What the hell? What happened here? What happened? Some guy. He come in. He. What? What guy? He do the closet. What? What are you talking about? So, and then he takes the closet with him. <laughs> I'm sure they never are quite. I'm, I'm sure whoever owns a house still doesn't still know. fully yeah. doesn't understand what went on yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, boy, am I glad. Janelle. Janelle. She's sleeping. Listen to that. Wow. I think her question was, uh, it says she wanted to know about uh, piercing. piercing her nipples, but I, I think um, oh, I think the deviated septum would have been listen. a better question. I am? Hello? Hi, Janelle. Yeah? These are your neighbors calling. What's going on over there? Um, you guys having a party? Mm-hmm. I was just wondering. Aren't there? Aren't uh, just just out of curiosity? Aren't there other things you should be concerning yourself with at the time like this, than nipple piercing? Um, or even better yet, let's say there is a slight problem with nipple piercing. If you plan to breastfeed, could it hurt to wait a few months? Um, maybe. Yeah. Why don't you wait a few months? Let's just say there's a one in a million chance that it could, it could affect breastfeeding. You're or 16. you get an infection that could affect the pregnancy. I mean, it, it's not something you want to do to yourself at a time when you need to be pristine. I'm trying to think of another way to say that. Jason, turn your radio off. Janelle? Yeah. Who got you pregnant? Um, friend. Oh, friend of yours? Yeah. A guy? I'm going to have to go. My dad's making me get off the radio. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me talk to your dad for a minute. No. Okay. How old is your dad? Mm-hmm. You um, you sure you're pregnant? No, not 
Okay. All right. I'll All right. Let it go. All right. Don't get your nipples pierced. Okay, Wear a condom. Okay. Morning after pill if it was a couple of days ago. All right, I got the coordinates locked in. I'm going in for an airstrike through. Right now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I should have a uh, squadron of um, uh, wild weasels over the house as we speak. That's quick. Yeah. Well, we've had some difficulty with... Um, Somewhere out in Maryland, I think. We're going with uh, Sidewinder uh, missiles, uh, primarily. We got a lot of complaints from neighbors and other houses. One of the... Uh, one of the pilots in the Amcrill Air Force uh, had, had a, a few nips of courage before he climbed to the cockpit. And he took out uh, he took out a commercial building on the way in. So um, we're we're going to look for more sterile means of elimination these times. Um, Dad's on the phone. <clears throat> I mean, uh, daughter's on the phone. Dad wants her off the phone. Oh boy, mm. wants to know about uh, the nipple piercing. Sixteen. That's important. Well, you got to prioritize, Drew. Oh boy, Sean. Yeah. You're 22. Sorry, I'm, um, I had a question for Dr. Drew about yes, ADD. Yes. Okay. I'm. I've been diagnosed with ADHD residual type. I was first diagnosed when I was 13, but in the literature, I was reading about the reticular activating system mm -hmm. and how a disorder in that could cause the ADD syndrome. Mm -hmm. I was wondering is that any way related to the um, reward activation system that you were talking about last night? No. Okay. Well, I cannot say it has nothing to do with it, but it's a different system. Reward activating system is basically the arousal system in the brain. It's what keeps you awake, basically. And uh, presumably some elements could, can be overstimulated, overactivated in some of these hyper hyperactivity syndromes. At 22, would Ritalin still have any... Yeah, it can. Oh, absolutely it can. See, I, I, people have to listen very carefully to what I say. I am not saying Ritalin is a bad idea. I'm not saying it can't help adults. I, I am saying clearly it absolutely does help young people. But what I do say is that in young adults, excuse me, adolescents and children that have ADD, ADHD, clearly they should be treated with medication because their outcomes are reproducibly better. It's when you're an adult, when the brain has stopped developing, when there's a family history of addiction, which is common in the setting of ADD, that I worry about the continued use of amphetamines. Now, if there's no family history and somebody clearly has the diagnosis, even if they were never previously treated, this medicine can be extremely helpful. How speedy is Ritalin? What if I took Ritalin? You'd, you'd speed. I would? Yeah. So what do I got to get? I got to get some Ritalin, and uh, you got to get me some methadone. Right. Then you'll be perfect. Take the Ritalin in the morning. And the methadone at night. Yeah. Methadone? Be like Elvis. Yeah. And yeah. it's all over the counter. No. Well, it's, it's over the counter after you phone it in. It, right. Okay. It's not, it's not a street drug. Drew doesn't like it when I say, can you score? But you know what I'm talking about, right, Drew? Yeah. Okay. All right, Sean. Okay, thanks a lot. There right. you have it. Bye. So I would really feel it if I got hold oh, of yeah. some Ritalin? Oh, yeah. But Ritalin calms down or at least makes it more easy to focus these people who have ADD. What if I took some Ritalin at about 10 a.m.? Could I, could I go to bed at midnight? Mm, possibly. But maybe not? Maybe not. Wow, so it's real speedy. Yeah. What about methadone? What if I took a shot of methadone before I went to bed? You'd feel it the next day. I would? For sure, yeah. Hmm. So I'd have to get right back on the Ritalin. Right. Okay. I need something in between for the afternoon. Uh, exercise. Exercise? Yeah. Mm, mm, that sounds like an effort. Yeah. Um, I don't want to change my underwear. I don't like to exercise in the middle of the day. I've got to put on a new pair of underwear. I'm thinking about... Um, That's never stopped you before. I'm thinking about some like Prozac or something in the day, just sort of you know level me out a little bit. Sometimes. You know, help the demeanor. This helped me cope a little. Okay, so uh, Ritalin in the morning, uh, Prozac afternoon, and uh, methadone at night. Yeah. Okay, I got my plan. 
We'll be back. I'm starting the itch. Love one, will be right back. Dr. Drew will say something brilliant, but no one will hear him because Adam will be making funny noises. Hi, it's Heather McDonald. Please join me for my podcast, Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald, because you know how much I love a Juicy Scoop. Besides talking about the hottest topics that intrigue me, I am also going to have great guests join me. Shannon Bedore on The Real Housewives of OC, telling us everything about what is going on with her life, as well as hilarious Chris Frangiola, who is my co-worker and good friend from Chelsea Lately. So please join us. Download a new episode every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Yes, you is. Phone number. No, forget about that. I'll tell you that when we come back. That'll be in about 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. It's a love line. Phone number 1 800 LOVE 191. Fax number 310 854 4455. Jars of Clay, Duran Duran, in later on this week. Uh, Drew, you wrote down Promise Keepers. Yeah, that, for you to bring that up. I don't know much about the Promise Keepers and uh, haven't really been uh, following the news too much lately. I hear it's. Um, bunch of guys get together, a bunch of religious guys get together and talk about bringing family values. Yeah, basically about putting the family the, ahead of uh, their other sort of more traditional male-oriented priorities like career and that kind of thing. Oh, and all right. What I find very fast, first of all, I think it's a great idea. What the hell? I find not, fascinating that people have a beef with this. That's what I find fascinating, too. Oh, it is? is? Yes. Oh, good. I mean, it's a tremendous idea. How can you argue with guys getting together and behaving better? I mean, we, you and I talk about this all the time, that guys... You call it the putrid core. I mean, guys have potential to be... Uh, I do? Yeah. What putrid core? That's what you've always said. you said men have the same putrid core. You've said that. Men have a putrid core? You have said that. All men? Uh, they have potential. They have that I about them. squirted the last of my putrid core out of my ass uh, in high school. The, the, okay, the E-group. Right. Um, <laughs> What's that? But the... But, the point is that men ha- have the because the the society is so male dominated, they have the opportunity to sort of act out in ways that they they're not healthy for relationships, not healthy for families. And here's an organization saying, uh, no, we're going to be accountable and we're going to reprioritize. I mean, how can you argue with that? They do though. Well, the feminist groups are arguing with it. Well, they're jealous because they want to be men. That's really what's going mm, on. I think with it these is. Uh, you know what I think it is. Place. I think any time you get, they don't a, like a big group of white guys, uh, predominantly right. white guys, to get together and talk about well, uh, issues concerning scary. men. But it's scary, isn't it? They, because they could, it could go wrong. It could go. You know, it could be a very powerful group that could go in a weird direction. Um, here's the situation, uh, and, and here's my belief in, in the uh, current political climate. If you are a minority or a female you have the right to gather and discuss issues. If you are not a minority and not a female and you gather to discuss issues, you're planning a war. <laughs> it's basically uh, the way uh, people look at it. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, there's uh, there's uh, listen, um, uh, religious uh, white dudes should not be trusted. I mean, uh, their track record ain't real good. Uh, I'll tell you that. But if a bunch of guys want to get together and uh, figure out ways to be better to their families, uh, God bless them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I I support it 100. percent I uh, I don't know why uh, someone would have an issue with this. I think it's, it's a religious thing or May, something. Or maybe we don't know. There may be issues about it. We don't know. Well, they have. The well, because uh, they're part of their policies. I believe are um, they're not into gay relations and they're not into you know they're into women's roles and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they are. That's it's been alleged. Oh, you mean you think this is one of those uh, media spins? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, they get together and they say, look, we're a bunch of religious guys. Uh, we don't. We uh, frown on homosexuality and we think women should stay home with their kids. And you know, Not that they're saying men should stay home with the kids more. It's fundamentally what they're saying. Okay. Which, how can you argue with that? I don't know how you can argue with that. Everyone has a problem with everyone these days. What the hell? Why do I care? Get together take care of your kids. Uh, I don't know why this is such a bizarre notion. I don't know why you have to have a rally to do that, by the way, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a sad state. And here's the bottom line. Most of the guys that are attending the rally aren't the guys you've got to worry about. Right. So it sort of right. it takes true. care of itself. Well, that's true. It'd be like the Crime Stoppers rally. Right. Let's get a whole bunch of people together to stop crime. Well, everyone who showed up at the rallies, uh, you know, meanwhile, your house is getting robbed by the people who didn't make the rally. Right. Did they have a Crime Stoppers rally? Nothing more. I had to start one of those. Mike, you're 24. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Hey, this is a question for Adam. Nothing but love for you, Drew, but I just don't... Or, I mean, for this is for Drew. Hmm. Nothing but love for you, Adam, but yeah. I just don't think you're going to identify with me here. All right. All right. Uh, I'm a second-year law school student, 24 years old. I'm a virgin by choice. I've been really socially active all my life. Um, and, you know, long explanation for this one, never masturbated either. So hmm. I've never you, had a, you can be involved in a group called Sperm Keepers. What is the lo what is the long explanation for? Well, okay, when I was like, uh, I guess, 12, 13 years old, a bunch of the neighborhood kids, I grew up in Seattle, a bunch of the neighborhood kids, uh, one, of, one of our friends that was a girl, she got pregnant, and uh, anyway, then another kid's older brother got AIDS, and anyway, we're all sitting around at this, I'm not really born again Christian, but my family's really really born-again Christian, and, and so I was with all my buddies at this uh, born-again Christian, whatever they do when they get together. And, uh, and you were how old? 13. Okay. 12, 13. And? And uh, so they challenge everyone to stay, uh, you know, wait till they get married to have sex, and so we all made this little pact, and four of us have really stuck to it. Actually, the other three are married. I'm the only single one. Oh. And uh, then... My dad, I went home and told him, you know, that we'd all made this pact, and he's uh, he has a law firm in Seattle, and he said, uh, all right, here, I'll make you a deal. Uh, if you, uh, not only do you abstain from having sex, but if you, you know, no Pat and the Robertson, Jerk and McGurk and whatever, uh, if you abstain from that first year, I'll give you $1,000, second year, 2000 And Anyway, so now it's still kind of this bet that I have with my dad, and then every year, you know, we go somewhere and spend mm -hmm. the money. Here. And it goes up by $1,000 every year? Yeah, I'm up so to fourteen thousand oh, like yeah. a year for not masturbating. Still chump change. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't take under fourteen just uh, to make it to this weekend. <laughs> I'm in a higher bracket now. A few years ago, I would have done that. Well, hey, 
Holy mackerel! Interesting story. Well, yeah, you know, my 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 dad and my relationship was a lot a lot like like that too. When I was uh, nineteen, he said, uh, "Hey, uh, your stepmom wants you to leave the house. All right? Uh, okay, Dad. Bye. See ya." Uh, uh, maybe there's a whole part about abstaining from masturbation and some money involved there. Uh, we never really did get to that part of the conversation. I'll bring it up. Maybe he'll, you know, drop a coin on you. I was thinking about your dad's reaction to the uh, details article the other day. And, you know, a you know, therapist's uh, uh, job is to, is to hand out frustration, optimal frustration. I thought, maybe he may be playing a little game with you. Oh, yeah. He's playing me like a fiddle. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, boy. So... Well, wow, this is really one of the best calls we've ever had. <laughs> I want to say that. Glad to please you, glad to please So your dad has offered to give you $1,000. He's put a bounty on your scrotum. Something like that, yeah. He's offered to give you $1,000 a year, uh, each year that you don't masturbate, from the age of what? Uh, oh, age yeah. of... Let's see. I'm tw well, I, I guess it's 13. No, I get 12 this year. That's right. I get 12 this year. And so it must have been, and I'm 24, so it must have been when I was 12 years old. How are you doing? Hold on a second. I just want to know how he is. Then. I could just see him, uh, you know, uh, his friends come over. He's got the uh, surround sound and entertainment unit. Hey, uh, Mike, where'd this, uh, Jack Money? <laughs> Jack Money? What's that? Uh, you know, you know how it is. You, you don't masturbate and your dad gives you a bunch of money. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, it's, uh, it's, it's bizarre, but it's brilliant. Yes. It was a great conversation piece through high school, you know. In fact, you know, all my buddies knew about it, so. Wow, that's awesome. See, at the end of the year, I would owe your dad, like, the 22000 <laughs> Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I love your stuff, Adam, but I just knew you weren't going to be able to identify with me. No, but I, I still, it's, it's, uh, I'll tell you what this is to me. This is like me um, watching a concert violinist. <laughs> I, I don't know how to play a violin. I don't even know what, it, what he's playing. I don't know what it's called, but boy, do I appreciate it. I really can appreciate this. So, oh, thank you. All right, so you haven't masturbated your entire life. Never had an orgasm while being awake, actually. Uh-huh. But I had a couple of wet dreams. Well, yeah, you know... Uh, I'd knock 500 off for the wet dream. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely puts me into a different bracket. Or <laughs> and how many of those wet dreams you had? Well, see, I, I, it used to be, you know, every two weeks, every now and then, you know, two nights in a row or something like that, uh... Two but nights never, in a row. Never more than, yeah. I it only happened like once or twice. All right, and let I me. Myself was quite amazing. Let me explain something, Mike. Yeah. I have had sex, and I've had a wet dream. Yeah. Wet dreams, uh, it's better. <laughs> it really is. So it's worth the fourteen grand to hold out. It's what you're saying. It is because when you're having the wet dream, you're you're sleeping with whoever you wanted to sleep with. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you're sleeping with someone, you got to sleep with the one that's there, right? Unless right. the lights are off, and then you could probably... Right, and then there's the whole... Uh, there's there's just a, there's a lot of stuff that comes yeah, with it, Adam a lot does, of baggage. Adam doesn't like the whole person aspect of that. Sure. The, the, yeah, the, it's the like, person oh, there. they want to be called by their name and stuff. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, I got a buddy that writes their name back on the wall behind them that way. Can... Oh, he didn't make it into the group. He didn't make the cut. No, nah, well, he wasn't part of the original six, so... Okay, so, um, oh, wow. so what is your question now? You're well, you know, I'm wondering. Now it's been about five months since I've had one, and I'm thinking maybe this is a uh, use it or lose it policy. Maybe it's like a cow if you don't milk it for, you know, six weeks, it quits giving milk or something. Well, it, it can, uh, I, I mean. Well, you're 24 now. Yeah. Production slows down a little, doesn't it? Uh, it's uh, not uh, like when you're 17. Yeah, it's, it's down a little, that's right. And uh, it, 
it does tend to be, in other words, the more you use it, the more it tends to stimulate, and and the converse does tend to be true a little bit. Well, you don't know any medications or anything like that. No, not at all. You're otherwise, physically okay. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. you got a lot of energy, Mike. Hey man, let me tell you, law school is the perfect place for me because I I I sleep like two hours a night and I can study. I mean, I'm probably going to finish law school up in three and a half years, which is kind of, you know, not very often heard of. Uh, I know you hate me because I'm a lawyer, but I'm going to be a good lawyer. All right. Yeah. You know, dicks. Can I say that? Well, okay. Well, whatever. Look, anyone who's never masturbated by the age of 24 can say the F word on this (laughs) show, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Mike. uh, um, You're fine. You know what it is. more than fine. God wants his cut. You got to slip a fifty under the pillow when you go to bed at night. Is that right? Really, you're twelve grand. When is your dad going to give you twelve grand this year if you don't masturbate? Oh, it's at the end of the year every year. That's kind of a. Well, we used to go to New York for. You wonder if one time the dad's going to go, uh, Mike. Yeah. Listen, I never, I never, I never thought I'd say this, yeah, but. but uh, it's, uh, it's, Twenty thousand now, and plus uh, uh, mom's getting pissed because she wanted to have the cabinets uh, reskinned in the kitchen there, and it's all going to Jack money now. Nah, nah, he's all right. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Oh, these lawyers making so much money, they're actually <laughs> bribing their kid's penis. Imagine having that kind hey, of money. It worked. Hey, I, let me tell you, if I get a bunch of money, that's what I'm going to do with my kids. I, by the way, if somebody asked me uh, without having spoken to Mike, uh, I'm planning about doing this, I would have chastised him roundly. Uh, Right. Confronted them for being abusive and inappropriate, and uh, how, how ridiculous an idea mm-hmm. worked perfectly in my case. I'll tell you, you got the triplets, Drew? Yeah, I would, I'm putting uh, money aside right now. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, oral sex for Paulina. I think you'd have to uh, work that one out. Uh, yeah. I, I'd give, I, I don't have a daughter. If I had a daughter, eh, I'd give her 1500 a year. Sure. Uh, not to have oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, work a little, work a whole menu out. Like you get crabs, you, you, you owe me four hundred bucks. How would you prove this? Um, I think I get a, a polygraph test. Ah, okay. Have a guy come in from the FBI and sit him down every New Year's Day. Well, let, let, Happy no, New Year. Let's be let's be totally realistic for a second. They have equipment you can go buy at these spy shops now. They're basically you can tell if someone's lying, couldn't you? I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. They have this technology in place. And certainly in a few years when I have kids or your kids get old enough, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. It's like the Jetsons. Right. You, you uh, Elroy, <laughs> tell so, me your story in front of the screen here. Right. So on New Year's Day, every day, you sit them down and there you hook go. them up to the polygraph, right? Yeah. And you run down your list, your menu. And, um, you how know, intrusive though, how just, how, you know, how, how intrusive for the kids, how, you know, you really could talk about your snake in the can theory. You could really get a reaction to that kind of intrusion. Yeah. You know, they really just, Hey, the, the polygraph machine just start going off the map. Sorry, dad. That's the way it goes. I'm going to give you a thousand dollars a year for each year. You don't masturbate and it keeps growing by a thousand every year. Well, you know, there's. What about inflation, Drew? You got to figure out penis inflation. Oh my God! Like I said, I, I kind of wish I was involved with that, but then I realized now, I'd really, I don't money. Uh, Lisa. Hey guys. You're 18. Yeah. Well. Jeez, I wonder if that worked for virginity. Yeah, that's. Well, the obviously, point. it worked for him. Yeah. Although I, 
Well, it's interesting that it, they had to include. But they went for the masturbation and the virginity, yeah, which, which is probably what, in, indeed, if if you can control that would them. drive you to have sex. No, it wouldn't it? though, because if you could if you could manage the impulse not to masturbate, your sex drive would kind of go down. Wow, he is like a ninja. Yeah. Imagine that kind of concentration. I wonder if it affects like his uh, discipline at all. Shaolin monk. Oh, this man could walk on coals. He really could. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of uh, control for a week or two, even. <laughs> Please. Lisa. Okay, well, I've been in a lot of crappy relationships, and I was molested when I was younger, so I kind of figure that that's the reason. But you had said um, earlier, Drew, like in some other shows, that guys can tell when you've been... Yeah, abusers uh, have radar. They have some sense. The, like I have some a big green dot on my head or something. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> some pheromone you put out that the people that even themselves don't even know they can be abusive. Uh, render themselves abusive when they get involved with you and, and know you to be a good uh, candidate for it. And I, I, how subconsciouses talk that way, I don't understand. I don't oh, is it? My, my question is, like, am I just going to always just attract crappy guys? To You're going to attract them, but you could also attract decent guys. Well, wait but, a minute. Hold on a second, Lisa. Okay. Here's the rule. If you were abused and you have not recovered from your abuse, and you've not dealt with your abuse, then you're putting, you're like a homing beacon for uh, the vermin of society who want to prey upon you. But if you were abused and you take care of the business of the abuse and do the therapy and do the work involved, then that sort of uh, um, douses your beacon. Right. You don't put it out there anymore. Even though technically you're a victim of abuse, practically you're not giving it off anymore. Well, I haven't gone to therapy, like to a psychiatrist or anything, but I just felt that I feel that I pretty much dealt with it. Nah. Yeah, everybody, what, what everybody, happened? everybody we talked to on. says that. Though. We'll tell you whether you dealt with it or not. What happened? Um, it was about when I was 11 years old. I was molested twice, once more um, mental abuse and the second time more physical abuse. Um, when I was mentally abused, it was mostly by my um, mom's ex-boyfriend. Well, her boyfriend at the time. In what way? Like, if I, I, one time I came out with lipstick on or whatever, you know, I was like 11 years old or something, and he says, oh, so now you think you're sexy or something like that, you know, you just always had to say something, and like one time he actually jumped on me and gave me a hickey on my neck. Hmm. Um, well, then a while after that I had been, I was molested by a, a older boy, he was like 15 and uh, he, like, forcibly kissed me and touched me and that type of thing. Mm. Any oral sex? No. Where's no. your biological no, father? No, no, no penetration or anything? No penetration. No, you, you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Where's your biological father? Um, he lives, uh, pretty far away. When did he take off and why? Why? Oh, my parents got divorced when I was younger. How old were you? Uh, eight years old. Eight. So they got separated when I was seven, but divorced when I was eight. And why? Um, just they couldn't. My parents couldn't. They would fight all the time. And, uh, horrible fights. Um, I was pretty like I was really young, but not too bad. Well, something's that. up with your mom, obviously. If she's bringing home a hickey boy. Yeah, for this, the kids. this is more about the more general issues of having lived through dysfunctional parenting or dysfunctional relationship between the parents, the dad leaving. 
these predators coming in, and then her becoming a decent victim. And even then, she's able to sort of fight off. The guy was not able to have sex with her. I'm sure she fought the guy off because she's not an absolute victim. Well, I don't want to trivialize what happened no, to her. No, but not to trivialize it, at all. But no, it's, no, wait. Hold on. I am going to trivialize it. Let me, let me explain. Um, conversation, Drew. Yeah. When someone says, I'd love to help, uh, that means you're not getting anything out of them. And when someone says, I don't want to, uh, they always end up doing it. I see. Is that actually, well, I've never really uh, thought about this, but I would love to means uh, I'm not doing it. And uh, I hate to, but I'm going to do it. But I have to. It uh, just means you're going to do it. Yeah. I, the guy uh, kissed her. He was 15. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't 45. Yeah. Uh, there was no oral sex. There was no penetration. I'm sure it was traumatic. But uh, not a life-altering. That's not the issue. Is thing. Yeah, no, I don't believe that is yeah. either. But but it, but indeed, she has been victimized. She is a good victim. Uh, but there's opportunity for her, I'm sure, to have decent relationships. The problem is going to be for her to uh, see the guys that are worthwhile and then not sabotage the relationships when she's in them. She's going to experience them as boring and even possibly depressing. And uh, you're going to have to sit tight in these relationships that don't seem as. Uh, comfortable to you. The ones that are comfortable to you are the ones where the guys are kind of abusive and not so available. Okay. Oh, we have many good calls. I was just thinking of a little, uh, little love line menu here. On uh, line one, we have uh, Robert's taking three different medications. Uh, what are the dangers of combining them? Line two, we have Emily. Had a kid a year ago. Now she hates sex. Line three, we got Lisa. We just talked Lisa. Oh, we just did. <laughs> I'm really on top of my game. Uh, line four, we have Jason. Got a story to share about a friend who gets off dry humping the bed. Now, see, this is this is my favorite of the bash. Number five, uh, PJ almost never comes. Uh, what can you do to solve this? They tried everything, and uh, here, well, here's another titillating one. Uh, Jessica is 15, slept with a 28-year-old guy. He's married. He still calls her. Help. All right, so uh, I think we'll go dry hump and then uh, to Jessica with the older guy. Okay. All right? Yeah. All that when we come back. What's the music about? What? Oh, the music? The final On this week's big podcast with Shaq, is Shaq a helicopter sports dad like Diddy? In a few years, Sharif will have his opportunity to play college ball. Don't tell me that Shaq's going to end up being like Diddy. Going after a coach and going out in handcuffs at practice. You know what? I don't believe the media most of the time. Speculation. However, if somebody disrespects my son, I'm going to have to also get arrested. Any form of disrespect was going on, I'd probably have to go see the coach. Oh, man. I'd probably have to go see the coach. You get arrested, this show gets canceled. Listen, I I know Ray Donovan. We'll be out in five minutes. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Oh, who was that? Victoria Jackson. Oh, I thought that was Victoria's stepdad. Stopping her. Stillstead. My favorite big blonde. Playmate of the year. 
Geez, I ran into somebody who said he was, um, or she was chaperoning uh, Victoria, running around doing a bunch of parties or something. Who the hell was that? Some, oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, what a big ball of Swedish fun. Remember her, Drew? Yep. Just six foot of blonde dynamite. All right. Uh, yeah. Talk to uh, Jason. Jason is 20. What's going on, Jason? Hello? Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey. Okay, so this is what happens. We go, we all go to this party, right? We booze and, you know, do this and that. And they're like, and then we all end up coming home alone. So, like, you know, we're all still booze and we're sitting around. We're in the dorm room. There's like 10 of us. And we're sitting there and like, we're like, what do we want to do? And everyone's all, we're tired. And some guy's like, I'm just going to go beat off, go to bed, fall asleep two seconds. So we're like, all right, sounds good. And then uh, I don't know how we got on it, but one guy starts talking about, like, how he can't beat off with his hand. It doesn't work. He has to, like, have sex with his bed. Mm -hmm. So, like, we didn't know if this was normal. So being the friend, good friends that we were, we offered some advice and stuff. And, like, we took him in the shower, you know, threw him some conditioner and stuff and said, you know, go have some fun. No Start pressure there. What? Yeah. Watch the prowl, by the way. I've heard that can be painful. <laughs> So then when he starts coming to do it, there's not enough friction. There's not enough friction. So we throw him a wash saw, and he's all, oh, it's a little bit better. But then next thing we know, we see him run across the room in his towel, jumps into the room, closes the door, jumps on his bed. You know, a little faithful, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we have no idea if this is normal or what. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what uh, Did he bring that bed with him from... No, this is the worst part. It's uh -oh. like the dorm room, and someone has to sleep on that bed next year. Yeah. Yeah, so they're bummed. Gonna have to uh, take a uh, single, single jerk and smack it once, like a, like a, like, like, like you're going ice fishing or something, just to, just to crack it, just to loosen it up enough so you, so it'll form to your body when you lie down. Otherwise, you just jump on it, bounce off it, right onto the floor, just, uh, just roll right off the side. Um, I don't know that this indicates anything specific. I had a friend who used to, uh, uh, he used to hump his beanbag pillow. His beanbag pillow. Yeah, you know his big beanbag pillows. Yeah. yeah. He actually would uh, unzip it. You know, they had all those little balls of uh, styrofoam in there. Uh, and just work it. Well, we have this other guy. If you think about it, not bad. He took a cantaloupe, cut a hole in it, and put it in the microwave and make it all warm and stuff. Uh -huh. That. Yeah. That was messed up, too. Right. Yeah, the thing that was really messed up about that, he was still in the store. <laughs> all right, Jason. All right, Jason. Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't know they had dorm rooms at junior college. Do <laughs> they? He's not at junior college. It's state, though. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me see. Jason, Jason, there you go. Yeah, it's got to be going to a state school. Yeah, well, I got a lot of uh, a lot of free time over there. Jessica, yeah, you're 15. Yeah, what's going on? Okay, um, I about a year ago I started liking Polynesian guys, and then it got to a point where I started liking really old Polynesian guys, and then now I met the guy. Like uh, Duke Kamehameha. A what? Okay. I, I went through a Polynesian phase, too, didn't you, Drew? Yeah. A lot of grass skirts and pineapple. But that was the you know, late 60s, early 70s, when that was, the, that was the thing. All the apartment buildings were being made, like Tahitian apartment buildings. That's true. Yeah. I think it was at a... They had, like... Um, they all had, like, the like shields it, out front of them. Yeah, and the, and yeah. the palm trees. With the, with the uh, crossed spears with, yeah. the, with the light behind it. It was sort of a Doc Tari meets yes. Blue Hawaii. Right. And it, it was the thing. I mean, it, like, we just discovered the specific. Yeah, I wonder what the hell that was. All right, anyway, what's going on, Jessica? It was, it was Tahiti, really, was the thing. Everything was Tahitian-themed. 
Yeah. yeah. And there you are driving down uh, Oxnard Boulevard right. in the valley. Right. And it's uh, the uh, King Kamehameha Lair. And it's like, uh, now it's a stucco peel, uh, pile of crap La- is what it lava is. Lava rock walls. Lava rock, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's weird lights behind the, behind the shields on the front. What the hell was up with that? All right, anyway. didn't just sort of happen. He took you to a hotel. Well, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I just got turned on because he's really cute. Is he a Polynesian guy? He's Tongan, yeah. He's what? Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you first had sex? That was just 15 also. That was the first time? No, it was with someone else. Um, What's your nationality? I'm Caucasian white. Why'd you get into Polynesian guys? I don't know. Why'd you get into guys that are twice your age? How many Polynesians are? Where are you? Um, Salt Lake, Utah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of Polynesians there. What? Oh yeah, you can't go ten feet without running into a Polynesian restaurant, Drew. All they got is that uh, pineapple chicken over there. <laughs> poo poo platters. They got the poo poo platters. <laughs> True, you're serving that up at your place, aren't you? All right, so uh, Jessica, you're, uh, why are all the Polynesians in Utah? Uh, Jessica, what's up with you that that you would need to be with these older guys? These guys are. You understand that that he the this man's behaving in a criminal fashion. Do you understand that? Oh, I know that, but he's. he's Where's your dad? Huh, my dad is in Montana. How come he's so far away from you? I don't know. He's a deadbeat. How old was he when he left? I before my mom had me. And how, what's your mom up to these days? What kind of guy does she bring around these days? She's a lesbian. Mm, there's a recipe for success. Oh, boy. All right, Jessica. Um, well, but, but just listen to me, kay. you little tiki queen. Here's my here's my advice. Mm-hmm. You're heading for trouble. You're in? You're... <laughs> just, just settle down, Drew. You understand that, Jessica? Mm-hmm. Now. You could marry a deadbeat guy who's going to get you pregnant and leave, and then you could turn lesbian. <laughs> and you could follow in your mom's footsteps, which you most certainly will, if you don't change about now. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be the best thing she could do. Is do what? Follow in her mom's footsteps. Go lesbian? Yeah. What about going lesbian? Any good-looking well, I mean, Polynesian you know I mean? chicks either, either there? The, the, real out- the real outcome is she could, uh, oh, let me just think of what could happen to her. All right, Jessica, here's your job. You're 15? Mm-hmm. Your job is to finish high school without getting pregnant, mm-hmm. end up with a degree and an um, empty belly. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a way to support yourself. You're heading down a, 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 you're on a very slippery slope here, Jessica. Three years, no more sex, okay? Can you I get, hey, Jessica, I'll give you 1000 bucks a year. <laughs> hey, Drew, come on, I'll put you down for 500 I'm sure it'd be a write-off. And all the Jessicas. Uh, there's the there's where the welfare money. I adopt a hymen. Mm-hmm. There you go. The adopt a hymen. Uh, uh, yes, this is a brilliant idea. Promise, promise buyers. Forget about the keepers. Well, we've always said the money should go to, to supporting appropriate behaviors. 
This is brilliant. All the money we're currently pissing away in the welfare system, here's what we do with it. We get hold of 12 and 13-year-old girls in, in troubled, uh, troubled uh, houses and environments. We give them a grand each year that hymen is, in, hymen is intact after the age of 13. This is brilliant. What a beautiful society we'd be living in. It would be like Mike. Right. Yeah, but, but you, like Mike. Mike the superhuman. Oh, right, right, the uh, lawyer that doesn't masturbate. Yeah. Imagine that, a lawyer that doesn't screw people. <laughs> a first in his profession. All right, Jessica, listen. You're not pregnant or anything, are you? Okay. Sure. Stay away from this guy. He's a criminal. Mm-hmm. You understand? He doesn't care about you. I just want to know how to tell him because he calls me every time his wife leaves for work. Well, tell, him tell, your, him. tell him your mom found out. He lives right behind me. Tell him your mom found out. And she's thinking about telling the police. Huh? That's all you need to do. Tell him your mom found out and she's thinking about calling the cops. Okay. All right. Please. All right. All right. Okay. All right. $1,000 a year. All right. All right. Um, need a better name, though, than Adopt a Hyman. Leg crossers. Uh, we'll think of it. Uh, yeah, let's come up with something good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, hymen bound. Uh, what what do I call it? Hymen bounty. <laughs> it's got to be something. I'll tell you. Think about the money that we could save as a society if we just paid a thousand dollars a year to all girls in troubled families who uh, hymen have a uh, doctor check 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 for the hymen membrane. Every year after the age of thirteen, and then your your polygraph test, right? And the polygraph test be the best thousand bucks we ever spent. Hey, that would be fine with me. By the way, you kidding? I spent a fortune in tax. I can't even get my goddamn garbage picked up. I'd be I'd be glad to give it to some some uh, troubled chick to keep her virginity. Yeah. Oh. Lee. Yeah. Seventeen. What's going on? Well, I think I may have a cancer cancer in my brain. Really. All right, this is heavy. Hold on a second, Lee. We got to go to break. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just saying that because this sounds like a pretty heavy call. Yeah. Well, what makes you think you have cancer? Well, I I see like white dots, um, you know, and then like I'll be driving in my car, and it'll sound like something just hit the back of my car. Mm-hmm. I know nothing could have hit the back of my car. It it sounds like that. Yeah. Huh. All right. We'll get back to Lee and his uh, potential tumor after this. number. Uh, Engineer Mike came up with High Mentors. High Mentor Society. See, it's like High Men and Mentor. Yeah, the High Mentor Society. This is where, uh, I like Adopt a High Men. We get celebrities. You know out here, like uh, Bette Midler gets a little, buys a little piece of the Ventura Freeway and keeps it clean. Right. Puts her name up on a stick there. This wall protected by her. 
This wall? Well, they clean the walls of this, this huh? stretch of fry highway, whatever. Well, wall. Just giving me a hard time. I've never seen the wall part. I thought that's what it said. Right here in, I, I don't know what you have out where you guys, where anyone is listening is, but uh, here in L.A., it's, it's such a dump, and people have such low, incredible self-esteem, and uh, they, they just, you know, people... People just, like, change their motor oil and then just, you know, dump it out of the car while it's moving. As a matter of fact, the way most people change their motor oil is just to take the plug off the oil pan and drive around the block once. Nice. Le leave, a nice uh, leave a nice racing stripe down the street, and then they go ahead and replace it. So what we have to do is we have to get celebrities who, for one reason or another, don't have their name out in enough places. I'm not sure why they do it, but celebrities will buy stretches of highway, adopt stretches of highway, They'll put their name up there. I've seen the Bette Midler one a few times. And uh, they will pay for the cost of ma maintaining and keeping that area clean. I would like to adopt Hyman's, the Adam Carolla Hyman Society. Drew, what are you writing down there? Nothing. Okay. Adopt a... Okay. <laughs> Please, Drew. And don't write on that thing with the uh, indelible uh, marker. Anyway, should we get back to the calls, Drew? Please. I'm falling apart here. Uh, who, who do we have? What was Three. that? Three. I can't see that. Lee. Lee. Lee, you're 17. Yeah. You think you have a brain tumor. So you said you were hearing things that were not there, is that correct? Yeah, well, I, I have headaches on one side of my brain, on the right side of my brain. And they, they come in and out. Um, you know, it's just like one... And it'll stay there for a while. It's like I take Tylenol. I, you know, I even, I have an anti-inflammatory that the doctor's given me, the Proxen. And it says it's good for headaches also. So you've been evaluated for these headaches? Uh, no, actually I haven't. I told him about them. And, uh, you know, I have bumps on my head, but he says that's probably just my lymph node. Right. So well, tell me again what the symptoms are. Hold on. Are. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Cincinnati. He means, he means what? kind of environment are you find yourself in at this moment? What's that? It sounds like you're standing by a freeway, a highway. Uh, train tracks. Train tracks. Okay. It's a good bet. Well, Maybe he does have a tumor. Uh, uh, tell me more. What else are you experiencing? Well, um, you know, I, I see white dots. They look, almost look like flies. Mm -hmm. They go by, right by me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, and they'll, they'll come and go kind of like the headaches will. But um, uh, I'll be driving in my car and I'll hear something like hit the back of the car. Mm -hmm. I know nothing's there to hit the back of the car. And it's not like the car's backfiring or anything. I know it's not the You ever do LSD? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. well, that could be something. That could have something to do with it. The, these white dots you see flying around, do they occur just before the headaches? Um, mm, I'm not too sure. Well, the, the thing that fits most likely with what you're describing is migraines. Just true migraines, maybe with something going on related to your LSD exposure. Well, so he probably doesn't have a tumor. Probably does not, but obviously it should be checked. I mean, you can't, I can't say what he does. It does not have based on what he said so far. Oh, boy. He's calling from a train station. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, train noise going on in the background. Where are you calling from? Cincinnati. Uh-huh. <laughs> I okay. think they really know, they must know this cannot be coincidence. I, I, I've now down... Uh, I'm going to upgrade our listeners. I used to label them as moronic. I am now upgrading them to diabolical. Mm -hmm. 
It's, it, see, because it's, they, it's they actually contract. know they know what you're looking They're for. They're super geniuses. Yes. They compute that, and they have such acute senses, and they're so in tuned with um, my personality and the inflection of my voice, and they, they know thwart, what I'm going they for. They want to thwart the question. Yes, put you off the track. They're like those uh, that that kid from the Twilight Zone that wished everyone into the cornfield. Right. They play sort of young and stupid, but they're really diabolical. Right. 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 So you could stand under Niagara Falls. And when I said, oh, boy, where are you right now? You could say Buffalo. Right? Right. All right. All right. Go get a, what, a CAT scan? Yeah. MRI. Emily. Yes. What's going on there, you little 23-year-old? I don't know. Nothing big. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I just... Um don't ever want to have sex, ever, really. Not We're really interested. Great. So, uh, there it is. Are you on any medications? You know, I had been on Zoloft. And and I that, had really that difficult a pregnancy. It was a pregnancy recently? Uh, I had the baby on the 6th of December, 96. Have you noticed this drop in your sex drive since the baby? Yes. Have you been menstruating normally? Not really. Are you still breastfeeding? No. When did you get off the Zoloft? March. Why aren't you breastfeeding? Uh, well, I had a really big boy, and he wasn't happy with it. He wanted more. He's greedy, and I just couldn't produce enough. Well, there's, there's a number of uh, possibilities. W one is it's not that uncommon for women after pregnancy to have a drop in their sex drive. Your hormones just don't turn back on. In fact, Good. getting on an oral contraceptive pill can sometimes restore some of your Ah, what do you need sex things? drive for? You just had a kid. I understand. That's enough. Right, no, yeah. no, but listen to this, though. I had been on Norplant for like two years before I had the baby. Yeah. And you know what? The progesterone just made me crazy, crazy, crazy. I was a crazy woman. And I just want to stay away from the contraceptives. All right. You know, they're hormonal because right. I'm just scared they'll make me wackle. Okay. Uh, being on the Zoloft can shut off your sex drive, but that should have come back after you got off the Zoloft. Uh -huh. Being Having persistent postpartum depression can screw with your sex drive. So maybe you're still depressed and not really... That's concerns me. If it is a depression, it's a really sneaky one, because uh, I'm not not functional. Mm -hmm. I was very not functional before, okay. but now I seem to be okay. Well, that those way. are the sort of most obvious possibilities for me. And the other, maybe just, you know, maybe you don't have the right, you know, you're preoccupied and tired, and mm. you're raising a kid. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot different. Things. Here's what I'm guessing. Hubby ain't putting enough time in with Junior. Mm-hmm. Something's up with Hubby, too. I bet there is no Hubby. Oh, I bet hubby's around. Want to bet a buck on this one? Yeah. Okay. Emily? Yeah. Is, uh, is hubby around? Yeah, he's there. Oh, uh, yes. Fork it over. Yeah? I talk to him. He's uh, a husband? Is that what you're saying? It's not a boyfriend. It's a husband? No, it's a husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, same uh, husband of the child? Oh, yeah. We've been married four years. Oh, my God. I've been married a long time. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, you you like him okay? Uh, you know, he's okay. Yeah. There's kind of a mother complex, maybe. He yeah. He me for saying this. Yeah, yeah. he has a problem with you now that you're a mother. No, no he looks like at her I, as a mother. It's more like I feel like I'm his mother. His mother, right, I see, right. I see. Yeah, I know who wants to have sex with their son. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Lorenzo Lamas' mom. Mm. And he's really good looking. Hmm. I bet she would want to have sex with him. You nice. know, because he's so good looking. Beautiful. You think so with the tattoos? No. He's got them big arms. You seen that? No. You don't watch Renegade at all? No. 
Never wears a shirt. Wears a vest everywhere. Vest with no shirt under it. Leather vest. Funerals, weddings, bar mitzvahs. There he is. Leather vest, no shirt. TV. It's good TV. Mm. What is that, USA? Oh, boy. They're all going to hell, those USA people. And so is your wife, too. For watching it? No bigger supporter of the USA Network and all that garbage they put on. There's that one big garbage fest at USA, isn't it? You don't like the fun Nikita? I've never seen it. You like that? I, I heard it's good. Your wife loves she the, uh, she she loves the silk stockings. She's the old ones. She loves all that uh, Stephen J. Canal crap. Yeah. Oh, this guy's regarded as such a genius in the business. I got uh, two words. A-team. A-team. A-F and team. The most ridiculous show ever made. You know what I saw today? The new Dukes of Hazard. No. If you didn't think... No, no. Not the new one, but the ones after uh, the celebrities. Tom Wopat and um, uh, John uh, Biner and John Schneider got there. <laughs> that was a good career move, too. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wopat and uh, John Schneider. Well, they just rocketed to the top and they left that. But uh, anyway, it's always great because uh, they always have to get the cousins to come and replace it, uh, like they did on Chips when uh, uh, Larry Wilcox. And that was another brilliant uh, career move, Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox and uh, Tom Wopat and John Schneider all get together and just have a big cry-in. We're all on the number one show in, in the 70s, basically, and we decide we're going to move on and do bigger and better things. Right. They're going to... Um, uh, custom van shows it was the bigger and better things they moved on to. But... The point is, is if you, you didn't think the Dukes of Hazard could get any worse, uh, it got worse the new Dukes with the new Dukes in there. Oh, yes. Boy, whatever happened to that whole team of BJ and the Bear and Sheriff Lobo and uh, all that good stuff? A lot of small towns and uh, cars. Robert? Yes. What's going on? I'm on uh, three different kinds of medication. I'm on uh, <laughs> Elbil as my antidepressant. My doctor's got me on the elbows. He's got me on six a day, three during the day, and three before bedtime. And I'm taking volume for my anxiety. And uh, I was wondering, I've become addicted to volume already, and I was wondering what what's going to happen to me when I finally, if he, when he tries to wing me off. You're going to have withdrawal. Are you an alcoholic? Yes, I am. But you shouldn't be taking drugs like volume. It just perpetuates well, I, your alcoholism. I haven't drank for about a month. Yeah, but you just switched over to Valium. Yeah, well... It's a more severe form of addiction. In fact, it's not an uncommon way that people come to the treatment of addiction is the benzodiazepine dependency, which is the class that Valium is in. If you if you want to treat your underlying condition, your underlying condition is alcoholism. 85% of... 100% of alcoholics are depressed when it comes time to get treatment. 85% of them get better just with treatment of their alcoholism. Well, don't, I've been don't on keep... these medications for about four years now. Well, and you're... Look. I've been seeing my doctor for four years. Are you better? Well, my depression, I still have depression. Okay, so your depression's not better. You're addicted to Valium now. Uh, what's so confusing about the fact that you need to maybe do something a little different? Yeah. Okay, you need to treat your alcoholism. There's, it's axiomatic in psychiatry and medicine that you don't begin or even consider treating depression until you have the chemical dependency issue taken care of and contained or at least under treatment, uh, because the, m the significant majority of cases, that all that will go away with treatment of the addiction. I don't know if you're aware of this, Drew. Yeah. You know this uh, P.I. Della Ventura? Plays by his own rules, that yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. TV. Well, whew, that's a groundbreaker. Boy. <laughs> I, I finally saw I, a preview. I, that's what I want. I, I want the guy who came up with that. Uh, I, I want to interview him for a good hour. 
uh, I like to put him together with the uh, the uh, guy that uh, wanted to call Loveline Minty Fresh and say uh, you need a brain vacation and just have I want to sit down and find out what these guys are making a year. I guarantee you, the guy who came up with uh, Della Ventura, uh, what the hell was that? Oh, he plays by his own rules. I guarantee you he's making a million a year. Easy. All right. And a quick message to all you stars that are all part of uh, the new fall lineup. And um, giving Ann a bunch of crap not coming on this show. And the publicists, they're representing these stars. I've seen a lot of these shows. You better hurry. Hurry. Like, like, um... Uh, there's still 22 seconds left in the show. Better get out here. Because uh, the, um, as long as, the uh, 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 long wait as it was from Tom Schneider to do uh, Dukes of Hazard to uh, the, that series that I was supposed to do on CBS, what the hell, Ordinary Extraordinary, he's hosting that thing now. Uh. That's how long these stars will be off. Good 15 years. Bring them in now, everybody. That's, uh, that's what we should do. All right, next week. It'll be, um, it'll be stars in series that are dying week. New new fall lineup. Great. All right. Mercifully, a, another episode of Loveline is wound to a halt. Before we go, two people I want to thank. Mom, Dad, Jesus, Lisa, Sherry, Anne, Mike, and of course myself for doing um, such a mediocre job tonight. Although you did um, get a little personal tonight and divulge some very interesting history. Thank you. And I know uh, you'll be laughing uh, your ass off all the way. Oh, my God. So... Uh, do we have to have this song on a uh, on a thing, by the way? I think everyone's heard this one enough. Yes, thank you. Oh, please. If I hear that thing again, I, I'm going to go into a seizure. I, I didn't like that song the first, when it first came out, but oh, boy. <laughs> it's Yeah, kids are stupid, though. All right, so until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This concludes another podcast one.com program.